Disclaimer. Gambling involves risk. Please only gamble with funds that you can comfortably afford to lose. There are no guarantees that tips provided in this podcast will provide success or profit. Any new information in a sports market will hit the exchange first, then the bookie will move his price, and that's where the advantage is. This is The Upper Hand, a podcast series by IMC. I'm Tim Polashek, and in this podcast, I invite masters of different games to see what steps you need to take to master them. From sports betting to Magic the Gathering, and from chess to diplomacy, you'll find out how you can use theory and practice to become the best. Every time I try to learn a new game, I'm initially pretty successful. I'm quick to learn the rules, and through playing and practicing, I get a sense of what some good strategies are. Unfortunately, my progress always slows down, and that's why I need game masters to show me how to get to the next level. I invite masters of different games to find out how I can get the upper hand in any given game. I seemingly slipped under the radar and managed to go a whole month of betting every day, like really pushing it with them. And then, yeah, you eventually uh, get the upper hand on them, which is nice. In this episode, we're going to take a look at sports betting. Betting is a hobby with high risks, but also high rewards. When you have the correct information and know how to find a loophole, you can beat the odds and be rewarded. Owen White can beat the odds. He works at IMC as a trader and uses his spare time to search the internet for the best betting opportunities. For the first time ever, he shares his winning strategy so we can try to become the next betting champion. Right, Owen, it's great to have you here. Thank you for having me, Tim. Cheers. Yeah, no problem. And uh, we're going to get stuck into sports betting today. Let's do it. Great. Now, a lot of people have a lot of ideas when it comes to sports betting and what it is. Uh, Illegal business, legal business. What is it actually? Yeah, good question. Um, I would say sports betting by definition is just any bet or wager you can place on any sporting event. You can pretty much bet on anything to happen at any time in the world. So when did you get when did you get started with it? Um, I started sports betting when I was about 16 or so. Um, so in Ireland, there's a lot of uh, horse racing tracks where you can place bets. Uh, I started doing that, losing some money. And then, uh, of course, and then I uh, started betting in my local uh, bookmaking shop uh, where I lived. And then after a while, I just started trying to figure out how to uh, beat them instead of losing on all my money. So then uh, that arrives to the point where we are now. What does it actually look like? What's your betting on platforms? It's online. How do you, uh, how do you actually do it? Um, there's two primary ways to bet on sports. You can bet with a bookmaker. So a bookmaker is a person who offers, so they offer odds on an event to happen. So yeah. that's like your Paddy Power, your Bet365, Someone like that, just a, just a usual bookmaker. Okay. And a betting exchange is the secondary uh, place where you can trade sports. And this is an open market similar to a stock market, such that you can come and say, uh, hey, I think that Man United have X percentage chance to win this match tomorrow. And then you've got a, someone on the other side who says, well, I think they don't. And then you match and you meet in the middle. Um, so it's just an open market of buyers and sellers of sporting events. And the key difference between a bookmaker and a betting exchange is that a bookmaker only allows you to bet on an event to happen. So you can bet on Man United to win, but you can't bet on them to lose. 
Right. Or you can you can do so, but in a more roundabout fashion, you'll have to place multiple bets. Yeah. In a betting exchange, you can bet on Man United to, to both win and to lose. So you've got two sides to the market, the same as in a stock market, you have buy and sell. Same, same as a sports exchange. And what, what do you use most? Uh, I would use the, uh, the sports exchange for information. Buyers and sellers will eventually come to an equilibrium point. So you'll say you'll have 100 guys who want to back bet on Man United and 100 guys who want to sell. And eventually the price will change so much that there's people disagree on a price. And that's what you would call, uh, per se, the fair value. Right. And that is probably the crux of uh, advantage sports betting or like winning sports betting is understanding that the the sports betting markets will tell you what the real probability of something happening is. Based on based on what other people are thinking exactly. in the market. Based on supply and demand. So the advantage is in noticing that the fair value, um, you can use that as a reference point against the bookmaker's odds. So if the bookmaker is pricing something incorrectly, you'll know because the Betfair market will tell you. But the bookmakers are very much aware that the, the Betfair, that the Betfair uh, exchange or the market exists and they change their prices often based on, based on how that moves. So, so any new information in a sports market will hit the exchange first, then the bookie will move his price and that's where the advantage is. Right in between that, yeah. that moment. Yeah. So let's say, for example, in a penalty shootout between two teams, um, a coin toss takes place to decide who is going to be the first person to shoot yeah so prior to this the bookmaker will price the price the game at roughly 50 50 uh so he'll say like team a and team b you're both roughly 50 50 to win this penalty shootout but the bookmaker takes a small margin that's how he makes his money so he he prices it slightly less than that um historically over time the person who takes the first penalty shootout the first penalty kick in a penalty shootout is 60 percent chance to win the shootout wow okay so I would have like a live feed of the football match, preferably a quick stream. You can have uh, extra quick streams and you see the coin toss going through. Then you see the guy point, say, I'm going to go first. Then you know, okay, I'm going to buy this guy and sell the other one. And then, yeah, then you'll be able to realize your gain in maybe 30 seconds or so when the market readjusts. So it's just taking uh, advantage of this kind of asymmetric information. I guess one of the key reasons why uh, I wouldn't do uh, full-time sports betting is because of the restrictions that are imposed upon you if you make money sports betting. Right. So I previously worked uh, for, for a, um, a bookmaker when I was in university. Okay. And part of the job was to figure out wh- what accounts are putting on good bets and make sure they can bet less and less over time until it limits to zero and find out what guys don't know what they're doing and increase the amount they can bet. If you put on bets that the trader in the bookmaking company doesn't like, you'll receive an email and it'll say, yeah, uh, typically to say, hey, we no longer are interested in your business. We've uh, sent your funds back to you, but the account is now closed. And how do you get around these kinds of policies? So you want to essentially put a string of very obviously bad bets, so good, good business for the bookmaker. When you open an account, you want to put on maybe like 10 or 20 bets in a row that are... Making them money. Exactly. Yeah. Seemingly, you don't know what you're doing. So I've had an instance uh, recently where I opened an account um, and the yeah the advantage on that side was insane. It was very, very large. Um, right. But I lost money um, when I opened the account. And then I seemingly slipped under the radar and managed to go a whole month of betting every day, like really pushing it with them. And then, yeah, you eventually uh, get the upper hand on them, which is nice. Yeah, amazing. But eventually they catch on. Indeed, yeah, they, you'll uh, get your account closed for sure. So yeah. that's why that's, it's, very, it's a very finite uh, a very finite pursuit. And that's why uh, 
working in trading or something is the next step. Yeah, exactly. So you mentioned trading and we're here today at uh, your work at the IMC headquarters. What are the similarities between some of the skills that you pick up with sports betting and what you're doing here day to day? Yeah, I think that's a good question. Um, yeah, I think in a way they're they're quite similar. Um, for both sports betting and trading, you really need to be sharp. It's uh, all about adjusting to new information that comes into the market. Um, yeah, for example, say something happens in the in the market, like uh, some sort of invasion or something to do with a change in interest rates. This is like very instantaneous, and you need to act upon this information very quickly to adjust your, adjust your system or do it manually uh, to try and make a profit from that. Same as sports betting, new information comes out about a football team or a tennis player. You need to react to that and try lock in a profit before it eventually moves, and then you can uh, yeah you can trade trade out of the position then. Okay. So they're quite similar. I think the mindset is uh, is also alike in a way. Um, you need to be adjusted to losing a lot of money in trading as well because it's quite a high variance uh, pursuit. Um, so I guess you also learn that in sports betting that uh, yeah how to lose and also how to win. Yeah, so being calm and composed exactly. as well while you're. Yeah. Taking the emotion out of it, I guess, is uh, yeah the key. So there's obviously some some luck here and some strategy. Uh, what's the ratio between those two? Luck plays a very large role in sports betting, up until a certain point. Um, it's similar in poker, I guess. Like you could play, you could be seated at a poker table with the best players in the world and still win on a given day. It's not impossible. Um, same with sports betting. You could place fifty bets in a row and win. It doesn't mean that they were good bets, but over the long run, like the law of large numbers will uh, will will, will yeah, sort you out, I guess. Um, so yeah, there is, I would say, no way to make it in sports betting to make uh, money over a long period of time if you don't have an advantage. Luck will eventually balance itself out. So how do you identify good betting opportunities coming in and where do you get the information from? Yeah, so the information uh, primarily comes from Twitter, I think a lot of people who um, trade anything uh, from stocks to sports uh, will get their information from Twitter. Okay. Um, so that is like the most, I guess, real-time, um, updatable information. Um, and then I guess you would apply that by checking the odds. So checking the odds uh, via oddschecker.com. It's just a large, uh, it's just an array of, of prices from different bookmakers. Yeah. And then lastly, um, comparing that to the Betfair exchange, so the real market price. You could also, uh, if you were that way inclined, uh, build some sort of some sort of some sort of system uh, such that you can automatically search these two against each other and come up with op an opportunity scanner of sorts. Okay, do you do that? I have previously had that. Uh, it's kind of needs some uh, maintenance at the moment, but uh, yeah, I previously previously had one of those. It saves a lot of time. Okay, brilliant. We've spoken a bit about um, the ability to have you know calm and composure, but also putting time uh, into understanding the markets, quick internet connection. Are there any other tips or strategies that you would recommend to people getting going with this or who want to up their game on sports betting? Yeah, I would say really think about um, every bet you're putting on instead of just, oh, I think that this team will win because of recent form or something like this has already been taken into account. Yeah. There is someone sitting in a bookmaking office that already knows the recent form before you've thought of it yourself. So I would say really think about uh, where you're, what your edge is uh, when you bet. But the most important thing um, about sports betting is actually the price you get. So you could go to oddschecker.com, for example, they will show you like 20 different prices for um, each outcome. 
So there'll be 20 different bookmaking uh, services and they'll each offer a different price. If you're not taking the best price every time you bet, then you may as well forget about it um, because the disadvantage is so large when you're not taking the best price that it's not it's not possible to overcome that. So I would say to anyone who is um, getting going in sports betting, make sure you take the best price possible and always compare it to the fair value uh, that you're seeing at the, at the market or the exchange, yeah. such as Betfair Exchange. Before Owen takes me through the betting process, it's time to talk about the theory behind sports betting. If you want to make an informed bet, it's very smart to learn about statistics. Let's get into some of the mathematics and statistics involved in sports betting. Sports betting succeeds by researching all the stats and information about the game, the club and the players. Professional sports bettors often have a very good eye for spotting favourable statistics and they use this for their future bets. For example, from 2010 until 2020, football teams win 59% of the time when they've lost their previous game and consequently play in a 4-4-2 formation. You can then look for games that mirror this situation and bet on that team winning the game. However, it is important to also take into account external factors that can influence the percentage. There might have been an irregularity for that decade, and you therefore have to be careful about connecting conclusions to the statistics. There's a lot of software available that can help you with spotting and gathering the statistics you need to place your bets. When you know what bets you want to make, you still have to decide how much money you're betting. There are a lot of different strategies for this. One of the most secure and popular ones is the Kelly Criterion, which is also used by many traders. One of the main principles of betting is that you look at your bankroll when deciding how much money to bet, and the Kelly Criterion abides by this principle. The Kelly Criterion is about creating the right balance between risk and reward, and to avoid volatility. It's a formula that you can use to determine what percentage of your bankroll you should wager on a bet. You can find the complete formula online, but basically you need to know your current bankroll, the odds of the bet, and the probability of you winning or losing the bet. This sounds very simple, but it's not always so easy to determine the chance of winning. The most important thing in making the Kelly Criterion work is therefore to find a way to calculate that chance. But if you do, you might be able to beat the odds and make some money. Owen uses statistics and the Kelly Criterion in his bets. By using this theory, he can make better predictions and get the upper hand. So let's see this winning strategy in action. Owen opens Betfair, the betting exchange, and logs into the bookmaker's sites. Yeah, so I've taken for an example um, a tennis match that's currently live. So this is Lorenzo Sonogo against Matteo Berrettini. Um, happening is, now. Yes, happening right now. This is the ATP Stuttgart tennis match, uh, tennis tournament. Uh, yeah, these two guys are in the middle of a, a match in the second set. So yeah, let's basically go through the interface. So what we're seeing is the odds for both players. And as yeah. I mentioned previously, you've got a, a buy side and a sell side. So the price that people are willing to buy for and the price that people are willing to sell for. And this is obviously dynamic as the as each point is um, is confirmed. Yeah, it keeps changing every yeah, second. Yeah, it's, it's, it changes very quickly, especially like during a game. Betfair represents the market of buyers and sellers, and the odds are changing with every second. Owen checks the odds on Betfair to compare them to the odds at the bookmaker's sites. 
Now it's time to wait until the exact moment where we can take an advantage. So then we come to the bookmaking side. So then you would wait for like an opportunity. So let's just wait till this point ends. Yep, there. Yep. So let's say, so like the, the price of uh, Mario Bertini to win is 3.0. And now they're offering odds of 3.2. So then if you buy this at 3.2 here, uh, you can offload it at a better price on the exchange then. So the, the bookmaker here is offering you odds of 3.2 when the real odds are lower than that. A three. Yeah, a three. Exactly. So you would buy the 3.2? You'd buy the 3.2 and sell the three. That sounds like you're losing money there, but it's it's an inverse relationship. So it's you're actually locking in like a 0.2 gain. Yeah. Um, and you sell, where do you sell the three? So you would buy the 3.2 on the bookmaker here. Yeah. And then you would come to the exchange if you wanted to do that. And then you would uh, just sell it to the guy that's uh, looking to buy it. So you would sell it to the guy at uh, three. So that's a live yep. uh, offer there. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So that, that's how that would work. And then you would immediately lock in uh, 0.2 in the price. And then you would have to pay 5% commission on your on your trade uh, with Betfair Exchange. Yeah. And how many bets are you making during a during a game? Yeah, that's an interesting question because you also don't want to flag it to their like traders or their risk. So you need to kind of know where the boundary is. So like, for example, here, I'd probably put a couple of hundred euros on this one. And then if the, yeah, if the uh, opportunity persists, I would try it again. And then again, and then again, and if it gets like if the opportunity gets very large, then I would like put try put on a, a lot, and then it becomes worth it. Then if they close your account after that, because you've taken advantage of the of the big opportunity. Yeah, yeah, taking them to the cleaners. Exactly. Yeah, doing your best to take them to the cleaners. Yeah. So having an understanding of what's going on on the exchange constantly. Yep. And then identifying the opportunities on the bookmakers' websites themselves. Yeah, exactly. So sometimes if you have like a 50-50 tennis game, and the trader means. Uh, is intending on um, increasing the probability of one guy winning and lowering the other. Sometimes they just make a mistake and, and raise the wrong guy. And then the price is just completely opposite to what the exchange says. Right, okay. And then you could really take advantage of that. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, that's when you would per se push it. And do you have different bookmakers open that you're looking at? Yeah, you would have like, as long as you had the accounts with the bookmakers, you would I would have like multiple open at the same time. Ones that you find out through trial and error that are very good at certain sports. Like this one, for example, is very good at tennis. There are some that always make mistakes on horse racing. Some smaller bookmakers in Ireland, etc., online ones would always make uh, mistakes in horse racing. So yeah, you just kind of learn through trial and error um, where to where to go for business. Okay, great. Well, I'm definitely going to give this a try over yeah, the weekend. Sounds good. All right, thanks a lot, Owen. No worries. Thank you for having me. Yeah, great to have you. Here. That was a pleasure. Through research, practice, and experience, a sports better can improve at finding the best odds and at finding the bookmakers with the best track records for certain sports. It's all about comparing bookmakers' odds to the odds on the market, so it's smart to work on a system that checks these automatically. When you know your bet, you can use statistics and the Kelly Criterion to make sure you secure the best profit. In the next episode, I'm interviewing Julian Noughton. Julian became a Magic the Gathering champion at 15 and can show me the best tips and tricks to become the best.